one of our things down here, and it's it's over a lot of the country now, is um, invasive species. Uh, so the thing we deal with every day is something called water hyacinth, which was a aquatic grass um, that was brought here during a World's Fair back in the 1800s. And you've probably seen it somewhere. If you came here, you saw it. It's like a green um, floating grass. It, it's actually, pr- it makes a pretty purple flower, but it just, it expands like crazy. Um, so for the common folk, or anyone just trying to be conscious about it, you definitely want to clean your boat. So even your kayak, if you kayak somewhere, clean it off, get all those, all that grass is stuck to your boat off. Um, Cause that's something we deal with here every day. Hi, I'm Reed Singh and this is Adventure Travel with Troop Outside, a podcast where we interview adventurers, local guides, and outdoor industry experts to uncover the best travel spots and human powered adventures from around the globe. Before we jump in, I have a quick favor to ask you that if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It would truly mean a lot. Thanks for being here today, Josh, uh, with Wild Louisiana Tours. Uh, Absolutely love what you're doing down in New Orleans. And we personally have come down and taken a trip uh, through you guys in the past. And every time we're out and exploring in a city, our mission is to figure out what are the outdoor things to do? What's the nature in that city? And New Orleans is, I believe, one of the finest examples of that. It's so known for its Mardi Gras and the partying and the bars and the food, but what gets missed in that um, in that message is the amazing outdoors that are there just right outside the city. And I'm really excited for what you're doing with Wild Louisiana Tours and joining us today. Uh, and I'd love to explore what you found uh, to be uh, how you found the wild outdoors and what got you started when with launching wild Louisiana tours. Yeah. Uh, thanks Reed, for having me on here. Um, good talking to you again. I know it's been a while, but um, it's cool to regroup after you, after you came with us, you know, so many years ago. Um, but just uh, background on us. Um, this was kind of my passion and, um, you know, I'm from new Orleans. I grew up in new Orleans. I kind of grew up, uh, in the outdoors hunting and fishing, you know, with my dad and friends and that type of thing. And, um, as I got older, you know, the, the love for nature and, uh, specifically the wetlands here in Louisiana just kind of stuck with me. Um, And by the time I got to college, you know, I was kind of really, um, besides music, I I do music as well, being in New Orleans, but music and nature was like my passion. Um, So I was doing a lot of photography, like nature photography uh, in the early 2000s, birds and swamps. And um, people would, some other photographers would ask me to take them out. And, you know, being down here, it's bayous and waterways. You basically have to have a boat or some sort of water vessel. Um, So my thing was the kayaks. Um, It's really quiet. It's, you know, low impact. You can get close to wildlife. Um, You know, you can be still for photography. 
um, that's kind of how it all started. And then slowly but surely, um, just after taking photographers out, the website kind of grew and we realized more, more and more people kind of wanted to do a, an eco tour. We have a lot of swamp tours down here, you know, airboats and, um, big paddle boats, True. but, um, back in the, you know, mid early two thousands, there wasn't a lot of eco tours, kayaks, canoes or anything like that. Um, so it was just kind of, it all kind of just happened at once. And, you know, it's, it's been growing ever since about 2011 when we first get, got started up and then it's just grown from there. We're doing tours, you know, a couple times a day, um, all year long. So that's kind of the little background on everything down here. So you just turned all that demand of people wanting to get out into a business and started following your passion. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, um, it was kind of one of those things was in the right place at the right time a little bit, just because New Orleans didn't have a lot of that going on. But, uh, man, I was, whenever, whenever I take people out and see the look on their face, you know, seeing the swamps from a different perspective, it just all made sense. So from there, I was like, you know, this is going to be my career, my passion. And uh, it never gets old, you know. I just took people out this morning and um, getting to see people from all over the world and showing them, you know, the special, special swamp ecosystems here. It's, it's really a blast. So. Yeah, I absolutely love your your website. Your logo, by the way, is amazing. The Wild Louisiana Tour stamp. Uh, it's I, it's one of my favorite things. I every time I look at it. Uh, what is what are the different tours that you offer? What is one that you really enjoy? Uh, one thing that I want to dig into a little bit later on is is also photography, and maybe you can leave us with a couple of tips uh, after telling us about the tours on some wildlife photography and kayak photography tips but uh i see a few different tours that you offer what are they and what could somebody expect to see and how long do they take if somebody's visiting new orleans yeah definitely um well i would say our main trip is um it's a two-hour kayak tour it's called the manchak magic tour and that's for anybody you know beginners uh intermediate you know, young, old, and we do that multiple times a day. So if you're in New Orleans, you want to see, you know, the swamp, you want to learn some history. Um, that's, that's the thing to do. Um, we go into the Manchac swamp, which is it's a swamp about 30 minutes from downtown New Orleans, but it's, once you get out in the swamp, it's a, it's a huge, um, it's actually the second largest swamp in the state. And it's just an expansive cypress, Tupelo um, flooded swamp. So you'll get to see that scenery with, you know, egrets, herons, alligators. Um, and you also learn a lot of history. That Manchac area that we go to, it's just rich in history. Native Americans, um, early explorers, logging um, up until present day. So it's just a really yeah. good, Amazing. well-rounded view of the of the wetlands for a first time visitor. And the pictures look 
absolutely amazing. I can't believe that's just 30 minutes outside of, of the city. I think I remember, maybe this is the one we went on, uh, the picture of the dragonfly and sitting on top of the crocodile head is so inspirational. Yep. Or the alligator, I'm sorry. Uh, is yep, there alligator. other people <laughs> typically concerned about paddling with alligators? I've personally done it, absolutely love it, but how do you get people over that fear if they have it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, that's that's one of the biggest questions we get, you know, you know, um, should I be scared? You know, what, what happens with the alligators? And, you know, if you've ever been to New Orleans or if you've seen advertisements of swamp tours down here, a lot of times you see them feeding alligators. And that's kind of a, it's an old tradition, but it's really, you know, now coming in the modern times with, especially with ecotourism, um, you know, we're, we're kind of frowning upon that. So when right. you go into areas like we go in Manchac, it's a nature preserve um, and you can't feed the alligators. So as long as you're not feeding those alligators, they're not going to have, you know, they're going to be scared of humans and they're not going to want to approach you. So, uh, and also they're just alligators. They're pretty lazy. <laughs> um, yeah. and they like to send, you know, they're not, yeah, exactly. Most of the time they're just going to be hanging out, um, moderating their body temperature out in the sun, in the water. And, you know, we'll see them from afar, take pictures. Um, you know, we tell our guests to have a healthy respect for them, obviously, but, um, they really, when you're in a kayak, you can drift right past them and it's like, they don't even know you're there or even mind you being there. So it's uh, really cool to see them up close too. I completely agree. They're actually probably one of my favorite creatures and being able to uh, kayak right by them and, you know, just either it's, it's a great opportunity to see them kind of sunbathing on a log that's rare. Most of the times you just see their little eyes or the snout popping up and then they disappear before you can even get a good look. So it's not, um, not something I, I was definitely concerned about it the first time, but now I look forward to it uh -huh. so much. I've done it in Tampa. We've done it in, uh, many places in Florida and Louisiana as well. It's actually a really special treat to be able to paddle next to them. And being in that swamp is such a unique experience. It's so uh, serene and quiet back there in an eerie way even. But once you get used to it, it's such a different ecosystem that you can only find it where you guys are and maybe a few other places, possibly around the world. It's It's really special. So... Uh, yep. In terms of times of year to visit, are there uh, bird migrations or, you know, temperatures? What is the best time to visit if somebody's planning a tour and they're like, I want to go do this? What do you recommend? What are, you, what are some of your busy times um, and slower times, depending on this? You know, now people are probably considering crowds, but what are some things that go into right. planning a trip, uh, a paddle trip down there? Yeah. Um... What I tell people, March, April, May for spring, and then October, November, December for fall. That's prime time. You know, the swamp's the most beautiful in the spring. In those three months, March, April, May, you're going to have that super green foliage in the trees. The wildlife's going to be out. You'll have irises and spider lilies and just beautiful uh, flora around. 
and then the weather's still moderate. So you'll have, you know, 60 degree weather. When things are, you know, normal, you'll have jazz fest and French quarter fest, you know, March and April. Um, so that's spring. And then in the fall, um, October, November, December, after that hot summer, you get back into the sixties, fifties, and then the cypress trees are really cool. Um, they kind of have a fall display. They get orange and red and that can be very scenic, you know, the reflections of the cypress trees and, um, wildlife's also abundant in the fall, getting ready for winter. Um, so those are like the two windows that I usually recommend, but we're operating all year. So even in the summer, we'll go out towards sunset when it cools off. And in the winter, we'll go out in the middle of the day. Like right now, we've been going out, you know, midday, and it's actually quite nice. But those, yeah. that spring and fall, if you're looking for the most scenic, the most beautiful, that's what I recommend. Got it. The Louisiana Cypress Swamp Tour seems something from a different planet. And I'll, I'll leave a link to, uh, you know, your listing in all the places where people can see these images that um, we're talking about. That is uh, such a unique experience. And I, that's what I'm going to look forward to doing next time is a Cypress fall excursion. So, uh, sorry, photo mm -hmm. excursion. What are some of the, what yep. do you get to learn on the photo workshop and trip? This is actually really cool and unique, something that you're doing. Not only are you taking a physical activity, you're seeing these things, but you're also learning a skill in photography. So I, I'd love to hear what, you know, what you get to learn on one of the photography tours. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my, like I was saying earlier, my, one of my biggest passions is photography. Um, I'm kind of like landscape photography, but I, I mainly shoot uh, swamp imagery cause that's where, where I live. Um, so we actually, we do a day trip as well. We'll do like a sunrise or sunset if you're in new Orleans. Um, so it's a great way to just, get out, get some shots for your portfolio and then get back to town. Um, but then what you're talking about, the, the fall excursion, we've been doing that for a few years now, and that's basically a week long intensive photo workshop in the swamps. So we will go from South Louisiana to North Louisiana, um, all over some of my favorite swamps I've been shooting over the years. Um, the Atchafalaya basin, um, up north towards Shreveport, there's some beautiful swamps. Um, so it's just a full week of day-to-day -day sunrise, sunset. Uh, we'll get back to the hotel. It's all food, lodging included. Um, oh, wow. We'll do post-processing. You know, we'll sit down with, with uh, the participants and work on photo editing and Lightroom and Photoshop. So it was really just... Um, you know, you see photo workshops all over the country and, you know, Alaska, Colorado, and there's just not a ton down here. So being that I love to shoot down here, I was like, let me do something, you know, get people down here and they can see some of these beautiful areas. Um, you know, it's one of those places down here. If you don't know somebody or if you don't have a, a kayak or a boat, it can be hard to get into those spots. So, yeah, um, I imagine that workshop, all the put ins and takeouts and then planning hotel lodging and trying to squeeze in the photography on top of that. That's a lot to plan for. So I see where you're talking about. Yeah. You do have the, the five hour kind of a day workshop that you can take. Um, you can capture either mm -hmm. sunrise or sunset times, um, or you could 
take the like big monster seven day trip where you're going to get uh, get into the weeds and learn a lot more. Exactly. Got yep. it. So what are some photography tips that you could leave an average Joe kayaker like me? So when I'm out there trying to shoot off a kayak and capture scenic landscapes, what are some basic things that you could share with us? Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is do some long exposures. Um, now you will need, usually you will need a tripod for that. Um, okay. but basically what you're doing is you're setting your camera on the tripod and you're doing an exposure of, you know, over a few seconds long. And, um, you know, you can, what it'll do is it'll, it'll slick out the water. So it's great for reflections. If you want to see those cypress trees, when they grow out of the water like that, you have the base coming out of the water and then the foliage and everything reflecting. When you do that long exposure, it kind of softens that water and gives it a dreamy look. Um, that's probably one of my favorite techniques and it's real easy as long as you have a tripod or something steady to set on. Sure. Um, would you so set that a, on the kayak great... or off to the side somewhere, try to find stable ground? Yeah, if you can find, what I'll like to do is kind of get closer to the ground, but you'll still be in a, in a little bit of water and kind of set up your tripod in the water. Okay. Um, obviously, you got to keep the top out of it. But um, a lot of times you'll have to push it down in the mud just a hair, and it will get you a little bit dirty, but um, it's worth it for that shot if sure. you can get it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And then um... – I see that you're shooting like into the sun, behind the sun. So those are all just different techniques uh, based on the shot that you're trying to capture, right? And are there, are there things that you see uh, being done incorrectly, like you're shooting directly into the sun, like I mentioned, or not capturing um, the full landscape that you could share that, you know, average person could go shoot um, and improve their photography. Uh, so one thing I've got is have a tripod and try the long exposure shot because mm -hmm. it really helps with mm -hmm. the reflection in the water. Um, any other right. uh, like lighting tips is it would be helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, one of the things that we do in the fall that's really nice is when it cools off a little bit, um, when you first start getting those chilly mornings in the fall, you'll get mist. So the water is warm and the air is cold and you start to get like a foggy mist on the water. Um, oh, so dude. that's really fun to shoot. It can be difficult, you know, um, but what you want to do is do a variety of exposures. So you might do a lot of fast exposures, like a, you know, two hundredths of a second or something like that to freeze detail in the fog. But then you can take an exposure like we were talking about earlier, a longer exposure for the water you can do things like blend the two exposures together so you can keep detail from the fog to have smooth water. Uh, that's one of the things I love to do. And then also like lighting, like you said, um, the, the cypress trees are great with like side lighting. So especially in that early morning, as the sun's breaking up, kind of coming through the trees, you can get sure. light rays. Like if you, if you position yourself in the right spot where a tree is, a couple of trees or a grove of trees are kind of disrupting the sunlight. It'll filter through like rays, um, especially on a cold, misty morning. It'll illuminate that fog 
but even without the fog, if you can position yourself correctly, you know, experiment, even backlighting can be good if you get in the right spot, you know, if you have it filtering around trees or through the branches, um, you definitely want to experiment, move around. That's the beauty of the kayak is you can kind of move around in a lot of different angles. Um, so you want to look for where that light's coming through. Sometimes if I move 10 feet to the left, you'll have fog getting lit up by the sun. And if you move <laughs> five or 10 feet back, it, you won't see it the same way. So um, things like that are real important. That's super cool. And if you're listening to this, I totally encourage you to please just check out uh, wildlouisianatours.com and just check out some of the photography. You'll want to at least you'll get the appreciation for how beautiful these swamps are as I am right now. And uh, I imagine this, all your photography skills have definitely helped you inspire more people when they end up on your website to try to book right away because uh, I can see uh, visually it's so important. You can like try to describe the tour in, in pic, you know, in text, but what you are able to capture in these images is really incredible. Um, I, I feel like that's where we're all trending to is, you know, images and videos, uh, and then get into the details of, okay, how do I actually book this? But, uh, right. also if you're an outfitter, take a, you know, you may want to reach out to Josh, get some kayaking photography tips. So you could add your tours and your experiences and make them look as awesome as, as Josh's here. So Josh, what are some of the, I see that you're also very involved in conservation and protection uh, of the swamp. What are some of the threats to the area? What are some of the initiatives that are going on and how can an average person try to contribute and make sure we try to preserve these amazing wild places that we have? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start with where we're at. One of our things down here, and it's it's over a lot of the country now, is um, invasive species. Uh, so the thing we deal with every day is something called water hyacinth, which was a aquatic grass um, that was brought here during a World's Fair back in the 1800s. And you've probably seen it somewhere. If you came here, you saw it. It's like a green um, floating grass. It, it's actually it makes a pretty purple flower, but it just it expands like crazy. Um, so for the common folk or anyone just trying to be conscious about it, you definitely want to clean your boat. So even your kayak, if you kayak somewhere, clean it off, get all those, all that grass is stuck to your boat off. Um, cause that's something we deal with here every day. Like I was just out the other day, um, kind of trying to clear some of that. We'll move old logs because it gets backed up and we'll try to keep the channel clear so the grass doesn't clog up. Um, so that's the water hyacinth. That's definitely a, um, a thing to look out for. Um, other than that, though, there's um, down here you can do like tree plantings, uh, bald cypress trees. Um, we have a lot of coastal erosion down here. Basically, salt water comes in from the Gulf, and it'll start to kill cypress trees um, now that the Mississippi River doesn't overflow its banks. Um, so you can join tree plantings, um, Lake Pontchartrain, 
Basin Foundation has a program where you can do that. Um, and there's, there's numerous programs. I'm sure all over the country have different things like that in the wetland regions. Sure. It's a, such a unique landscape. Uh, and it has, I never thought about how, you know, the invasive species would impact the swamp and the water change, you know, the saltwater changing the swamp. So that's really cool what you guys are doing and your uh, focus on conservation and your uh, knowledge as a naturalist to be able to not only lead tours, but make these environmental education opportunities for everyone that's out taking the tours. That's really cool. And we hope that, you know, as more people get out and appreciate uh, nature that they, well, they travel and that's, that's our mission and vision is every time you're traveling to a new place that you consider some of the outdoor things to do and explore the natural environments of that place. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you think planning a trip to New Orleans and whether it's a bachelor party or a bachelor party or a corporate trip that you take some time to check out the amazing swamps and the biodiversity that this area has often offer. You can find uh, Josh on tripoutside.com and uh, check out some of his photography that we talked about for so long. Josh, is there anything else that you'd like to cover uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I was just going to piggyback on what you were saying. It's, um, you know, just getting out there as a tourist, that helps too, because if you're, you know, in the city, New Orleans, local government and everything, they see those tourism dollars coming in, um, you know, ecotourism, tours, um, kayaking, and they're seeing that they're going to be more inclined to invest in it too. So um, don't feel like you can't do anything about it. Just going out and seeing it, going on tours, going kayaking around the different places you travel, I, it adds up. I mean, I've seen in the, you know, the short time that I've been doing this over the past decade or so, you know, the, the local government, you know, sees those tourism dollars at work. So um, they want to invest in um, maintaining the environment and um, keeping things going. So it's, it's, uh, it's good to see, you know? Yeah. We get to vote with our, vote with our dollars and as a consumer we can you know just by participating in in things that don't ruin the environment and maybe work towards preserving them that that could be enough as a as a consumer even to change by funding the things that we're passionate about that's amazing hey there adventure seekers thank you for listening to another episode of adventure travel with trip outside if you enjoyed the conversation, please share it with your friends, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to stay up to date on where we travel to next. If you felt inspired to travel, go to tripoutside.com. It's the fastest way to book outdoor adventures all in one place.